Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Nalikal Twang, and today I'll be your host, Dougie. I'm joined here by two lovely ladies, one of which, well, she, she became a little bit older yesterday, but we'll get into that. Now, before getting into anything else, I just want you guys to know that we've seen the numbers and we know you're listening. So I'm going to ask you to just bear with us and take these five seconds to subscribe. Perfect. Okay, so we're here with Shads and Leslie, and I'm going to start with Leslie. How was your day? My day was great, relaxing, restful. I mean, at this point of, I don't know what it is, the infinity of COVID. Yeah, COVID times infinity. You have to get accustomed to your routine, which is wake up late, Eat what you want because no one's going to see you. Um, Watch TV endlessly. I feel like I've found a routine. <laughs> but I'm not trying <laughs> to completely become a bum. I've found a bit of some, some sort of sustainable actions, like learning new things online, reading up stuff. I'm really into data all the time, so I'm like always finding out new tidbits. So keeping my brain active as best as possible. But that's me. Okay, okay. So I know that Shad's had like a big day yesterday. Like she did a bunch of things. And to top it off, she ended it with a virtual birthday party online. So I know she's like super tired. But Shad's, how are you? How are you doing? You with us today? I am super tired. But the Lord, the Lord will get me through today. The Lord. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> now speaking of the lord i'm glad you mentioned that because i know for a lot of us we haven't been to church in a while but we we consider ourselves christians are we church heathens we'll find out right after the break and you really need some church Hey guys, so we're back and today's topic has to do with religion and I guess what we'd call church heathens. Now, just a disclaimer, the the views here does not reflect all Jamaicans or anyone living in Canada except us, um, but we're just sharing our truth and we just want you to know how we feel about certain things. So I want to throw the question out to, to my panel today. Um, Shads, I, I remember you very young you know, going to church, you know, with your little, is it bobby socks, those little socks and your little frilly skirt and thing. Um, at what age did, do you think you were, you were indoctrinated into Christianity or, or just religion? Uh, from the day I was born, <laughs> uh, as soon as I was christened, is definitely when I was indoctrinated into the religion of Christianity. Um, Christianity is our main religion in the household. It's the only religion, sorry, in our household. Um, my grandmother, my mom's mom, to be exact, she's extremely religious, um, very big on um, church and prayer and everything. Uh, she's one of those Christians that loves to fast. So it's just something that I grew up around and um 
as I got older, I mean, my mom got married to someone who was also involved in the church and he was a, a deacon at one point and then he became an elder. So for me, Sunday, and not just Sunday, like whenever there was a church event, we always had to be present. So I was very much involved in church. It was my other activity. Usually it would be school, whatever school activities I had, and then it was church. There really wasn't that much of a social life for me um, growing up, to be honest. Oh, wow. Uh, actually, I actually love that you, you spoke about your family just being so intertwined in Christianity um, and you were indoctrinated uh, since birth. Um, now, Leslie, I don't know your story. And I know for, for like for me growing up, because my family was also very Christian, um, we ended up going to church, you know, as, as early as possible. But I do know that there were parents in Jamaica because we're such a Christian nation where parents will go ahead and send children to church, but they won't necessarily go to church themselves. Was that your experience? And was it that your 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 connection with, with religion, was it just that church or did it seep into the home, school, um, wherever else you would traverse in society? Was it just one place or was it just all places that you had to, to go to in, in, in Jamaica? Well, actually, you hit the nail on the head wherein I am from that household where as a child you're required to be fully indoctrinated in church at the earliest stage in life. Uh, my church memories start from about four or five when I was like sent to church because there was a, you know, how, well, I don't know if that, this is a norm for other cultures, but in Jamaica, Whenever like a new church is formed in any community, members of the church tend to like walk around to the neighboring communities and be like, hey, we have a new church. Do you want anyone to come out to our church? I think they did that. My, I think I had moved because I was really young. I'd, we had just moved and they came to my house and I was saying whatever to my mom and my dad. And my mom was like, oh, cool. Um, this can't hurt. I mean, it's good to get them, get the Lord in them early. So from then on, I was dressed up in my my bobby socks and my stocking and my liquid dress with a tool and all of the scratchy lace underneath it. I know all young girls can relate in the Caribbean and I'm a shiny shoes and off the church I went. Uh, the church experience was not the only um, totem or the only instance wherein I was interacting with Christianity obviously because Jamaica is such a predominantly Christian society so I also of course had church at school you know you have devotion every morning you when you're not at church when you come home from church on a Sunday and you're at home you're listening to the radio you wake up in the morning and you listen to um RGR they have they have I think I woke up like at six in the morning. I think the first one I'd hear it all would be a gospel song because that's what Alan and the Rain would play at that particular time. And then they play different songs to get you out of the house. But Christianity and religion as on a wider scope was all around me. Love that. Now, I know you touched on just Christianity and just being a, this huge part of Jamaican culture, but there's also 
a blame the devil culture in Jamaica where I, I find that a lot of people, specifically people who are Christian, they, they kind of absolve themselves of blame when things go wrong. And it's like a blame the devil syndrome. So I've been at my grandmother's house and for whatever reason, something falls on the front. She says, you know, it's the devil. And, you know, somebody may just buck them you know, just walk the tour or something and it goes, you know, it's the devil, you know, it's the devil. So it's never like I wasn't paying attention or, you know what, the table, maybe the cup was too close to the edge of the table. And that is why it fell. Um, am I the only one to experience this blame the devil kind of syndrome where people just don't want to take the responsibility upon themselves that I have done something wrong or I messed up a little bit here, so <laughs> I need somebody to blame? You're <laughs> so tell me. You're definitely not the only one. It's funny when you mentioned your grandma because as religious as my grandmother is, she's extremely superstitious and she does have this tendency of blaming the devil whenever something goes wrong she's like chaman the devil just at work or is she always going off and i'm always laughing because i'm like why is it always the devil like you said why can't it just be your own wrong actions or your mishaps and that's just how it go but it's just so funny how i feel like i almost feel as if they're equally as superstitious as they are religious but don't tell them that <laughs> you know it's funny i had this conversation with my grandmother earlier and you know she 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 played into the superstition part and then she played into the christianity part so you know both of us you know have like close relationships with grandma and i'm not sure about leslie's relationship with grandma i think it's equally as close but i'll find out leslie did your grandparents also do this blame the devil? Did your mother also do this blame the devil kind of thing where <laughs> something would go wrong and it's it's not their fault, it's the devil? Uh, to my knowledge, my grandmother never said that my grandmothers, um, one of us is still with, one of them is still with us, the other isn't, but that was never something that was off the tip of her tongue. Um, it's it's strange. I think the things that you choose to hold on to, the type of memories you hold on to, are the ones that are really defining for you. And I can't remember saying blame the devil or whatever. I know for me, I'm, I feel like I did something. Like I got, I don't remember. I know it was pretty terrible. Well, I mean, terrible is relative at the age I was. But I did something pretty terrible. And I was getting in trouble with my mother. And she was like, going to beat me or something. And I said, the devil made me do it. And it, like, it just stopped. And if beating I was going to get, I just said, don't have like a talk with me. <laughs> because I was in <laughs> I'm stuck. I said, the devil made me do it. I was like five or six. Like in hindsight, I realized that it was just a default. So if it was default for me, it must have been that I heard it somewhere. But I can't say exactly where I heard it. Re my mom or my dad. I've never heard my dad say something like that. But my mom, my mom, um, I think a lot of things come in enlightenment. I don't remember my mother ever saying the devil's Yes, I'm a liar. I'm sorry. I'm not sure that. The devil is At a liar, point, sister. The devil is a liar. Amen, my brother. I, <laughs> I do remember that at some point in my formative years, I would have probably heard my mother say, boy, the devil's strong. And then, I don't know, it, as I said, it comes with age and enlightenment. In recent years, like we've had different conversations, obviously the nature of a relationship has changed and I, it stands out to me that we had a conversation a few years back and she's like, you know, it's so strange as a society, we like to say the devil is, um, 
the devil's stronghold. Why are we giving the devil so much power? Like, no, it's just what it is. And I'm and that sort of enlightened POV kind of spoke to how I think anyway. So it's kind of funny where it's just like, oh, both of us think the same way that like saying stuff like that don't make any sense. Because even for me, from I was probably in university or late high school, I think I read something somewhere where someone was saying whenever something bad happens in your life and you say why me lord or like call out to god and say it's so horrible you are inadvertently saying it shouldn't be you it should be someone else so instead of saying me you're saying you should ask yourself why not me because are you trying to pass off the horrible experience to someone else and then when i placed myself in that sort of frame of mind where you're not wishing ill on anyone i kind of just removed that that vein of thought from me so that's that literally sounds like jamaica every hurricane season you know them praying <laughs> that the hurricane goes somewhere else they don't care where it goes as long as it's not jamaica yeah jamaica protected it covered look don't know hurricane don't touch the sinks gilbert and i can't go on like we are so assured in our safety because are you prayer warriors <laughs> are you also forgetting that our national anthem is in fact a prayer itself so of course we're always we're, protected we're we're covered, covered, yeah. covered, covered. Eternal Father, bless our land. Guide us with thy mighty hand. Like Guard, guard, guard. guard them teachers that are first from. And they might tell us they were covered, covered, covered <laughs> under the blood. No way around it. Exactly. Yes, hmm. That was my, the devil not strong. The devil can't have the strength there. Yeah, that was my experience. You know what? I feel like there are also religions in Jamaica that I think people want to liken them to the devil, but they don't really liken them to the devil. They just kind of look down on them. And I feel like it has everything to do with the Afrocentricity of it all. But you know what? I think we should take a quick break and just gather our thoughts for the next session. So let's do that. Okay, guys, so we're back. And the second part of this thing is to talk about the other religions that are a part of Jamaica, because we like to boast this out of many one people thing. But we always act like only British people came or only the Spaniards came and we only have Christianity. And we have a plethora of different religions. We have Rastafarianism. Um, we have other sex of christianity for example we have what is it revivalism um we also have we have jews we have hindus and we also have muslims but we don't talk about these these groups um shads quick question i know that we're both you know we all did religious education like what do you know about the other religions that are on the island of jamaica I mean, definitely know about Islam, Judaism, Hinduism, um, and Sikhism because those were taught to us in school, and because the first, the first two are linked to Christianity, I feel like they just automatically it would just make sense for them to teach us those. 
for the others, it was almost like a faux pas to not mention that. So it was more something that you would find out on your own or find out from either through the news or just word of mouth. So of course, a lot of the info that you get about them may not be entirely true, but for like with Rastafarianism, sorry if I didn't pronounce it properly. <laughs> I know they call God Ja and that they believe that Haile Selassie is the second coming of Christ who came back to redeem the black people. They smoke marijuana, but they use that for meditation and they have drumming ceremonies. And they also have a natural diet and believe that the body is whole. And that one, I that part with the whole, I know because of Bob Marley and the whole him not removing his toe situation. I don't know if that's one hundred percent true, but I can't that's... believe you come from the people them good podcast <laughs> and said that. You know what? Turn off your mic. Turn <laughs> off your mic. I am going to speak to Leslie about this. Okay, Leslie. You so clearly we're here to have a serious conversation. This girl is talking <laughs> Thank about you. Toe. Thank you. So we're Thank going you. to move into you know the Morgan's heritage thing of it all. We're going to talk about you don't have to be dread to be Rasta. a dreadlocks thing, divine conception of the heart. Well. Growing up, we've seen Rastafarians all across Jamaica, but there is this stigma that was previously associated with them because of how Rastafarianism came up. Um, no one looks at the Judeo-Christian aspect of it because it's so deeply rooted in in the the the, the thoughts of the the ancestors. Um, it's so deeply rooted in blackness enough and maybe just maybe that Christianity within the Caribbean space is actually very European or very Eurocentric. And the reason why I'm actually throwing this to you is because you have big hair. And I know for a lot of a lot of women, um, they are defined by their hair. A lot of people are defined by their hair, specifically within religions. So uh, Christians are supposed to have a certain type of hair based on whatever doctrine is, is is taught at your church. But do you believe that you can be Christian and you can have locks? And if so, why? I do believe that you can be a Christian and have locks. And by locks, in case anyone is not off with what we're talking about, we mean locks in like a hairstyle. Um. It's one of those weird things that I always think about when people talk about hair, because I think we discussed this before about, you know, in the brown, brown skin episode about my complexion, because of my complexion, they expect me to have a looser curl pattern or because I don't have a looser curl pattern. It's like the, the, it's hard for people to reconcile my hair and my skin complexion. And I always find it funny that people who, love my hair because there's obviously a large group of people who love my hair want to touch it and want it to be like that blah 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 
automatically associate me with a certain type of Christian in Jamaica. So in my readings, Jamaica pulled in the last census in 2011 that uh, 70, hold on, 64% of the society, yes, 64.8% of the society are Christians, um, Protestant Christians. And for anyone who has done any historical reading, you know that the world 500 years ago, about 500 years ago. Stop being nice. Um, I don't know you get that foreign accent from. When I come out, hello, I'm speaking. Back to what I was saying. So 500 years ago, the Protestants, otherwise known as the Evangelical Church, split away from the Roman Catholics. And in Jamaica, we have 64% of Protestant churches and the largest subset in our protestant group is the seventh day adventist which is 12 percent pentecostal which is 11 percent and the church of god which is 9.2 percent revival church is like 1.4 percent and i think the brethren is 1.1 lots of stats you guys can look it up but people assume your hair can tell you what protestant or no manasa that word protestant christian you are and when you think about how people try to draw parallels and that's just how we are as humans it's funny to me because there's no way if i have locks to my waist i should be considered not fit to be in a pew at the front as the deaconess of a church of god of prophecy or the head of an anglican church or a methodist or whatever but that's just how we put or religious groups in boxes in Jamaica, and that's what we have grown up seeing. I mean, this is an experience that is unique to us individually, and we can speak from our perspective, and maybe things sometimes have changed because that's what just what the world is. But there was a need when Morgan Heritage came up with their song for Do Half a Dread to be Rasta because people have very clear lines of understanding of what people of different faiths should look like in Jamaica. When I say I'm Muslim, I know there's a Muslim because their head is covered. When I say a Rasta, I go, I don't go up to some, if I see somebody with locks and I see them in like Rasta color, Ethiopian colors, um, put their hands together and do, I guess, a, a sort of like ceremonial bowing type situation. Like, I don't know. Yo, Rasta no bow. Rasta no bow. Don't say that. <laughs> Rasta no bow. That's another episode. But <laughs> the point is that people just have these hang-ups about what people should look like based on their religion and how they how the Christianity that they observe should reflect. And that's just something that is ingrained in our society and it's something that I have not seen us get past. And I don't see people trying to get past it either. But to me, it's crazy. Okay, so... Earlier today, I had a conversation with Grandma because I wanted to know what her viewpoint was on just hair in church. And um, we spoke about Rastafarianism for a bit because of just the impact of Rastafarianism on, on Jamaica. And we know about it, like the Rastafarianism that we see right now is very new school. So it was like Bob Marley, but before that it was Marcus Garvey and I think Leonard Howell who, you know, started this this community in the hills of St. Catherine and just Rasta life and Rasta liberty was just so different. And they were always there for social change and they were always there standing at the forefront for Blackness. And 
just because of here, people have just defined and put people in these boxes. And I said to grandma, I said, hey, can I be Christian and have locks? And she said, you know, you probably can, but I just don't like it. And I said, why don't you like it? And she said, you know, I don't know. I don't know why I don't like it. But I think everything has to do with how Rastafarians were defined when the initially started and it was very culty and people haven't educated themselves on like, is it 12 tribe? They haven't um, educated themselves on the church of the Nazarene. They haven't educated themselves on the fact that that Rastafarianism is actually very Judeo-Christian. It's not this separate form of religion that, that came out of every, anything. It's just like Christianity, which is Judeo-Christian. Um, but we don't talk about that aspect of it because all we're able to see is the burning of the weed, the the hair and this this liberty and and the palm bubble hill and all that kind of a thing. But Rastafarianism and Go not ahead, to Liz. cut you, but it's it's another thing about Rastafarianism, not only in our discourse and our experience and in my reading. It's I read today that they said that their religion is about equality. And I can speak to my observations as living in Jamaica all those years. When you say a Rasta girl, you you see that she's they, they spend a lot of time extolling her virtues. So when they see me with my natural hair, Empress Moa carry you back on the hill and you know make make your wife or whatever. There's there's this uh, reverence about them for the women around them, and then as an external person, you think of it as kind of rigid and kind of too structured and wonder you know, is it like when you get into the faith. Are you going to be submissive? Are you going to have to take care of all these men? Because like they live in like tribes, quote unquote. Like there's a lot of unknowns about it because it's so othered because Christianity is so predominant. And it it comes across as like people want to assume that it has nothing to do with Christianity and everything to do with like Haley Selassie and them just follow a man that them says the king and everything else get washed away. Like that's just the uneducated uninformed POV that a lot of people have because they don't give it a lot of attention. And I think Rastafarianism was placed in that particular box because of society and because of politics. Um, I think it was Michael Manley um, who was given like a rod of correction by Haile Selassie. Um, And I think when he would go and have his rallies, he would actually speak in like Rastafarian vernacular. Um, because I guess it was catching at that particular time. But, you know, we're talking about Rastas, we're talking about Rastafarianism, we're not Rastas ourselves. Um, And I want to move into another part of it, or another part of the the religious parts in Jamaica that we don't talk about, like revivalism. Um, Shads, this is for you. What do you know about revivalism and Pocomania? I know of it. I don't know much about it. I just know that the little I know that it's a combination of African pagan beliefs, Christianity, their like revival Zionists, and yeah, and there's some Pokemonia there. But I, I don't know much. I feel like revivalism is just Christianity's ugly cousin that nobody wants to talk to. She she never gets invited to the family get-togethers ever. Um, so Leslie, let's talk about that. Um, what do you know about revivalism? How do you feel about it? What were you told about people who practice this specific type of religion in Jamaica or this, this kind of Christianity in Jamaica? 
um, was it something good? Do you know anything at all? Or was it just more like, oh, meh, they're just people? I um I don't know if this is unfortunate or sad, but I would definitely be in the last, last camp that you said, which is the meh, they're just people. I can't even definitively say that I know what revivalists are. I think, as we have alluded to over and over, Christianity is the most pervasive and anything else that is not mainstream Christianity, which is falls under the Church of God, Anglican, or the, the most visible Christian um, sub-denominations in Jamaica, it kind of just, you know, if you know, you know. If you don't know, it's not important because it's not that you're practicing at any time. Uh, for me, when I think of revivalism, <laughs> this might be a strange parallel, but I think about a book that I read in high school. And to me, that kind of informed my opinion of what it is. This book is called it a Escape Gina the Costa? Last... Is it a Gina Costa book? <laughs> it's called Escape the Last Fantastic. <laughs> and yes, they're making a movie about that, by the way. I cannot wait to see it. Uh, but yeah, I loved reading. And when I read that book, like you... It was well written, obviously, so you got transported, which is great. But it also gave me an impression of like uh, an energy behind revivalism, which kind of sounds obvious, almost redundant. But it gave me this idea that based on also remember watching YouTube videos and we know about them in like uh, in the back of our head that, you know, there are people practice poker. And them have them head tying them sing a sanky chant a psalm, whatever. Find them way back home. That's what this man go. Yeah, like the people who are very jubilant in church. I think something that we have to be clear about is that Christian church in Jamaica is not vibesy. And we're gonna talk about that later, but it's very structured. I know growing up, I got church take out a hymnal, um, the most vibes the church, like up to now, if I want to start vibes the church, so I'm going to look, look up some old Ron Kenoli and whatever, because that was just so much vibes compared to what we were listening to in our church on Sunday and singing in sermon. All Stand very... by Ron Kenoli was a vibe. Vibe, vibe. And Kirk Franklin, Hosanna, and um, Junior Tucker, when he did the song, with Kirk Franklin, like those sorts of vibes, the things were just so far removed because it was very rigid. When you heard about the revivalists, when you heard about the poco, you got an impression that they were exuberant about church. They were doing it out loud, like they were living out loud in their church, and their church was able to really express yourself. That was what made it not so much Christianity because Christianity, as we understood it, based on the churches that we were going to and the schools that we go to and how we were taught to practice our faith was that we're serving an all-powerful God and we need to be respectful at all times. We need to be reverent at all times. And that the way that religion was portrayed, it was just like the antithesis of it. It was everything that we're not supposed to be doing. So just don't even bother find out what happened over there, pretty much. Okay, so 
I'm glad you mentioned that because there are some similarities and there, there are definitely some differences. Um, had this conversation again with grandma this morning and it was around how Eurocentric um, Christianity in the Caribbean is specifically Jamaica because we're Jamaicans. But we don't look at it that way because we're black people or we're brown people, we're people of color. Now, if you look at someone going to a revival church, women specifically, they have like a head a head tie, they have like these brightly colored um was it like waist cloths and then they have these usually white um kind of old timey house dresses and i said to my grandmother you know we're we're african people well not we're the descendants of africans why is it that we're so ashamed of practicing african religion within the caribbean space and she's like you know i don't know um it was just how i was was taught so i just kind of went with it and 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 I don't know why why we have this kind of of anti like revivalism vibe. And I said to her, if people wear a head tie, they're in old timey clothes, they have brightly colored like waist cloths. Isn't that how your ancestors went to church? Because remember that your ancestors are coming from Africa, and they are being taught a new religion. And in order to understand that new religion they would have to somehow intertwine their their Africanism into it. And a part of, and I mean, for lack of a better word, Black people are entertaining, or for lack of a better term, Black people are entertaining. So because of that, you know, the dancing and all that, that was a part of it. And just, I guess someone came, saw it, didn't like it, didn't understand it. So they just did a, a total um, 180 shift and made Christianity very Eurocentric and polished and that is why we have these views about other religions regardless of their proximity to Judeo-Christianness but I love that we were able to talk about this um, in this particular segment I'm going to go ahead to take a quick break and I'll be right back with talking about Church Ayad and Church Abroad In the name of Jesus, move to the left in the name of Jesus, move to the right in the name of the Lord, move to the right in the name and of the Lord. You just shake that booty that Jesus gave you, shake that booty that Jesus gave you, shake that booty in the name of the Lord, shake that booty in the name of the Lord. The salvation time, I was singing in the song. Everybody have to know, some people don't know who Jesus is. Hey guys, so we're back. So here's my shameless plug. If you've gotten this far in the podcast, you like the conversation. In order to continue the conversation with us, I'm going to ask you to subscribe to all our socials and uh, feel free to follow the podcast on Instagram, uh, Twitter. Feel free to just add the RSS link or, or even go ahead and add us on Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever you have. We'll be right here every Friday just for you. Okay, so we're back and we're going to move into church ayad and church abroad. Now, at the start of the actual podcast, we did discuss, you know, going to church very early. We did talk about, you know, how it was for us. For for Leslie, it was, you know, 
um, I guess, campaigning through the community or ministering throughout the community. And she was able to go to that particular church. For Shads, it was being christened early and she went to church. Now, because we're all immigrants on this podcast, we've had two church experiences, one in the Caribbean and one in North America. So I want to start with our resident Canadian, which is Shads. And I want I want to know, what were your experiences like going to church um, in Jamaica versus going to church here? Did you go to the same kind of church or did you kind of shift gears and switch denominations? Well, church here, church back home in Jamaica and church here is like worlds apart. Um, of course, like anything you when you move to a new country, you try to find your community, you try to find um, your clique. And I, I, we, it took a while for us to find the right church, I say that in quotations, because again, we're coming from a setup and a way of how things were done in Jamaica and it was almost like we were trying to match that experience with picking the right church for us. So it was a bit of a task. It was definitely the Goldilocks um, experience. We did settle in one that it wasn't, I guess it might be categorized under those like Church of God or Church of Christ type of churches but it was the closest to back home everyone was friendly um and welcoming we were there for a bit but then we moved so of course we had to find a new church it was it got to the point where eventually as i got older i almost i wanted to find the church that best fit for me so because I went to a Catholic school growing up, I was familiar with uh, Catholicism. So I decided to go to Catholic church here, which is definitely different from Catholic church, which is back home, where I find out back home they're far more religious, if that makes any sense, or traditional should I, is probably the right word. Here, it's the ones that I've been to, correction, they've been also very welcoming and it doesn't feel, it never felt boring. Uh, but as I got older, I go to church on and off. I don't go every Sunday like I used to, but that doesn't make me any less Christian. I do my devotions every day. I have my one-on-one -on -one relationship with God every day. I, if anything, I find that my faith is a lot stronger now and I don't go to church all the time. I don't feel like you need to be going to church every single time in order to solidify yourself as a Christian. Um, but it's definitely, it's two different worlds, that's for sure. Anyone that moves from 
Jamaica or any other Caribbean country and comes here, they'll probably say the same thing where it's it's not the same. It's definitely not the same. Okay, okay. So I, I guess everyone has a different experience. Now, Leslie, you've been here for a while now, and I know you came at this really weird time where you could have a little bit of fun until like February and then COVID happened. So like churches on Zoom and Skype and Google Meets and all that. No. Um, did you have the opportunity to go to church here? Um, and if so, how is that different from church back in Jamaica? And fun question. I know we were all told to go to church when we were younger. Did anybody continue going to church without mommy or daddy saying you should go when you were older? And if so, why? Why you have to go with the mix-up question with me? Like, you did have all this time to talk to Shads, and as you reach me, fun question? Fun? Really? You're bright, you know, your high school up there, so you're, you're bright. Up like seven. Uh, just so I don't forget the question. First question is, have I been to church since I've been living here? Yes, I have. How has it differed from experiences in Jamaica? Uh, not that much, I guess, because, well, it was family who brought me to the church abroad and they would have been seeking that same sort of normalcy because, um, for the most part, I think that religion is something that Jamaicans tend to try to stick to the norm. Um, so when the type of church I went to in Jamaica is very similar to the one here we're in. You have a pastor, you have your, what's that team? Your worship and praise team, you have your sermon. I mean, all of the regular steps. So the most glaring difference was the time. I, growing up, church is a whole day thing. I mean, for anyone listening and is from the Caribbean, you know, churches, wake up after eight, reach church by nine, you know, come back till after one. And that's not because church finish after one is just that there are different things where they off at Sunday school, they off to junior church, where they stay in ceremony, and then after church, everybody has to catch up on their presentations for the week, and your friends have to catch up, and all of it turns into this event, this social event, on top of going to church, that then makes it a whole day event. So now the church here that I went to, it has that social event aspect, but the actual service is way truncated, like... It's like an hour and a half, and I was like in shock the first week. And then I was like, oh, I can definitely do this. Yeah. Um, but of course, as you alluded to, there came COVID, and so now it's Zoom church. But it's still, the message is good, the message is consistent, and, you know, it serves its purpose. Uh, the follow up question you asked would kind of also mirror the answer Shad gave about how. At this age and stage in life, a church is just a building. You can minister, you can commune with God in any setting. Uh, so I stopped going to church when I got to the age where I was just like, why am I doing this? As I said, it used to be like a holy thing on a Sunday. And I, one summer I went off for like a study abroad thing uh, in high school. Went off for a study abroad thing for a few weeks. And when I came back, I just never went back. Like after that, I was going to go to church for weddings, funerals, and on like special invita special invitation only situations. 
that admission is not to say that I am I've renounced my Christian faith and I hate church. It's just that I understood that or to me I have had enough of a foundation set for my faith to be unshakable. Going to church is just the brata if I want to like, you know, I don't know. Um, expose myself to other persons, um, create new bonds and friendships with people who have like-minded values systems. Because another thing about religion, and I think this is the world over, but I can speak from me personally, there is the mindset that persons who observe the same faith as you also hold the same values there, and therefore they would make for good companions, friends in the life, your day-to-day life. Um, so, yeah, I think that's Okay, okay, and and that's good. I mean, if I can share my story, and it's going to be so horrible because <laughs> um, I think my church here experience is kind of weird, but I'll get into that. Um, I continued to go to church um, when I was, like, really old because my mom insisted that I, that I, that I went to church. Um, I think she had seen different people, different children. I guess they they fell astray and or they had fallen astray, and that was not something that she wanted for her children. So while my brother at the time um stopped going to church, I went to church with my mom. So it, it meant that if I went to quad, and I came home at like five a.m., I would have to sleep. I, I what is it? Crossway my bed or something like that. And I, I couldn't argue that, mommy, I can't go to church because I have a hangover or um, or my head hurts or I'm, or I'm super tired. She would have my clothes ironed and I would have to drive to church with her. And even if it meant that I fell asleep in the back of church, the fact that I was there meant I was receiving a blessing. Light a candle. Sing a song key and find your way back home. All you sinners and the prodigal sons, repent and return to the flock. So all your poor little wandering sheep, who from the flock have strayed away. So... Fast forward to being here. The first church I went to was very Caribbean. It was a nice kind of vibe, but there wasn't a lot of young people. And while I had not like hung out with a lot of young people at church in Jamaica, I felt like when I got here that I should have probably had like this young vibe. And when I went to church that one time with a family member, it just wasn't there for me. I kind of like dressed back from church a bit and I had gone like one and two times for like special occasions, but no. I've actually found a church and it is awesome. Um, I think the mantra of my church is like, no perfect people allowed. So shout out to Serve City. Um, why do I like my church in, in, in Canada? In Jamaica, when you go to church, it feels like it's a lot of work to get there. You go there, you, you pray, but there seems like there's this kind of judgment. There's always a church sister, a church brother who's going to look at you a certain way that you don't like. Going to church here, it's it's different. At least my church is different because right outside there's a huge band that says no perfect people allowed. You go in and you listen to 
two young people share the word with you. And for most people, if you're not religious, I like my church to a really good TED Talk. It's how to live your life. There are so many different um, aspects of church. You can get into different ministries. Um, my pastor is real. He tackles real, real issues. Like he will have a live about like the state of what's happening in the world, racism, stuff like that. A lot of pastors are very reluctant to, to actually talk about these things. A lot of pastors are reluctant to discuss stuff like sex and relationships. And I find like with this kind of church, regardless of the type of people there, and they're all Caribbean or mostly Caribbean, there's still this vibe of we're in a new space and we're 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 in uh we're at a time and we're in a place where we should be accepting of each other and the reason why we're here is for fellowship and to to accept the gospel um guys this is not a plug for christianity i'm just saying that the church i go to is lit now i want to big up my pastor but the big up today is not his the big up today is going to be right now Today's big up is Bishop Audley M. James. Well, the late Bishop Audley M. James. He's the founder and visionary of the well-known Toronto-based Revival Time Tabernacle Worldwide Ministries. Bishop James was a well-sought-after speaker who ministered in North America, the West Indies, Africa, and Israel. He was appointed international advisor to the Pan-African Parliament in 2012. Unfortunately, the bishop is no longer with us, but we just want to say thank you for the work that you've done in the community. Now, it wouldn't be Nolikal Twang if I didn't leave you with a piece of the island, and today's proverb goes a little bit like this. I know everything come from above a blessing. Basically, that means not everything that comes from above is a blessing. If you're not familiar with Jamaican Creole and if you're not familiar with our proverbs, the explanation is pretty simple. It means enjoy those blessings which come from above, but do not be misled by deceivers who use their superior positions to dispossess the unfortunate. Guys, it's been real. And the conversation, as usual, was phenomenal. Is there anything you guys want to say to the people out there in podcast land before you go? Shads, you have five seconds love yourself love everyone that's really the bottom line for all religions and yeah i'll leave everyone with that okay okay i like that now leslie do you have anything different to add you have five seconds as well churches are building um whichever deity you believe in lives within you so feel free to communicate them or her. They can always hear you. So don't be afraid to connect. Okay. Okay. Very good episode, guys. Thank you so much for coming out. But, you know, as we usually say, until next time, walk good.